As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Derek O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? It's 755 is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating the 70 years of Tops baseball cars. You got to be a badass show to be sponsored by Tops, by the way. I was told that. <laughs> Only the best. Only the big dogs. Only the big dogs. Tops don't mess with the runt shows, man. They're like, they're looking at our numbers, our audience, our savvy baseball intensive audience, and they said, "That's we want to be a part of that." <laughs> so glad to have you, Tops. Get your bait. Go go out and buy your Tops baseball cards. Did you used to get those, Eric? Are you old enough to have grown up? Oh yeah, with baseball cards. Yeah, we had them all. God, man, that was like we buy the whole like every case. day of my childhood. You know, yeah. I'd save up all my paper route money and buy one of those whole cases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had money then. If you could buy a whole case, you were special. I could never buy a whole case. I was little packs. Paper route, man. That was a hustle when you were a kid. Yep. You were probably one of those that when you went across a bridge threw about 150 of the papers in the, into the river, huh? No, I would smoke some screen doors, though. <laughs> I only say that. I only say that because I did that. <laughs> I would just light up some screen doors, kid, you know, man. kind of being a little dickhead kid. <laughs> oh, dude, I bet you could do some damage. Yep, they'll drive by. <laughs> <laughs> Put a big dent in those metal yeah. screen doors. <laughs> then I couldn't figure out why nobody was tipping me. Startle the hell out of the people living there. <laughs> I think it was a gunshot. You didn't care. <laughs> I think about it as an adult now, and I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, how pissed off you would have been if you'd have been in the house. Should have got Somebody my ass thrown kicked. Your, yeah, <laughs> throwing your paper at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, those screen doors used to have like a big metal plate at the bottom, and that that was the target. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were loud, man. All right. Well, listen, a lot's happening in this. Uh, Last three days. I mean, it's it's you don't want to exaggerate and, and say that, you know, the whole season turned. But, man, with that game Saturday night when they overcame three deficits, including that ridiculous three-run, four-run 12th after they overcame a three-run deficit again, that's the kind of thing that can turn a season, is it not? That's what I was thinking when they did it. You know, I mean, I thought that was 
that was a momentum builder. You know, that's that big win that you're kind of not expecting to get. And and it's the same thing. Losing another one of those would have hurt really bad. But yeah. but coming back multiple times was the first time this year that I looked at him. I was like, that's the that's the team you know. You know, that's who you yeah. watched all year last year do those things over and over and over again. And and it, it, they looked like them again. It's funny because they hadn't done that all this year. And it was almost like they were making up for lost time in one night by doing it like three times. I mean, that's the kind of thing we saw all the time last year. But that was like that on steroids. I mean, that was ridiculous. Beginning, of course, with Pablo. We'll get to that in a minute. Kung Fu Panda. He's just ridiculous. But, um, yeah. And then then to, to not only that, but to build off of it by coming back with a game on Sunday Night Baseball, another really nice game. You know, just another gem. And to have Freddie homers and back-to-back you can't overstate how important that is you know and he's hitting the ball the other way he had three hits uh a lot of good things to be to be uh if you're a Braves fan to be looking up about especially uh, on the same day that they signed Shane Green we'll get to all that first I wanted to ask you there have been four no hitters already I don't that's not even counting Madison Bumgarner's seven inning no hitter which is not officially a no hitter um that's almost as crazy to me that you've already got four no hitters uh, by before the middle of May as Pablo Sandoval having four multi-run pinch hit homers, yeah. which is absolutely insane. But four no hitters, and it comes at a time when batting averages are like lower than ever. Yep. But ERAs are not lower. Explain, Eric, why that can be. Well, I think walks are still up. You know, I think yep. you're, I, I don't have any stats I'm gauging this on, but just watching the games, I feel like I see a lot of walks and you're still seeing homers when they make mistakes. Yep. No doubt. So, I mean, I, I don't want to be everybody's ripping on the hitters for, you know, shorten up and go the other way. Or, they're facing some of the nastiest stuff they've ever faced. And, I, you know, I know they updated the ball this year. It's a lighter ball so pitchers can throw it harder and they put bigger seams on it. And that was the one thing I noticed when I really started struggling around 2015 when they started tinkering with the balls. Mm-hmm. They were a lot harder to grip, which is you know why a lot of guys were going to the pine tar and extra extra substances. But if you think about it, a lighter ball and better seams is going to make for better breaking balls. So you're going to see a lot more strikeouts. And then you compound that with the defensive positioning now. I mean, how often when you watch a game yeah. do you see a line drive up the middle and there's yeah. somebody standing there? You know, Dansby does it like twice a game at least. Yep. And so the defensive positioning for me is why you see so many no hitters. Um, almost almost strictly that, along with, you know, maybe there is a flaw in the approach of the hitters and the, and the pitchers are pretty nasty now, too. I think it's, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, who am I to say? But you, you, you certainly uh, have been there. But I, I agree it's the shifts more than anything, but also the launch angle obsession. Mm hmm. That so many hitters, not all of them, not a lot of the good hitters are not like this, but a, so many hitters are now one plane with their with the launch angle, one swing, and they don't adjust to the pitcher, you know, or the situation. Like you just said, they don't choke up, go the other way, they don't shorten up, whatever. But they don't even change uh, if they got a guy that throws hundred mile an hour fastballs and 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 throws like you know sixty percent fastballs. To a guy throwing junk the next day, they don't even change the launch angle. It's still that same launch angle. And if you look, the guys that have thrown the no hitters this year, it's not the dominant guys like yeah. the Garrett Coles. You know, it's it's not the guys like uh, uh, even Degrom hasn't thrown a no hitter. You know, mm-hmm. it's the guys like this year, John Means that have Miley. well, Bumgarner, Means, Miley, and those are guys that throw more 
off-speed stuff than any of these dominant guys. So, I mean, a guy like Bumgarner, for instance, when, how can he throw a no-hitter and DeGrom doesn't? Well, that launch angle thing, I think, is when it, it, they can't, the launch angle does not combat or it doesn't have an answer for these off-speed pitches that these some of these old-school guys are throwing off speed and uh, so many breaking balls. Yeah. I think, I think there's more ride on the ball too. You know, with better seams, it's going to have that little bit extra climb on it when it, when it's spinning uh-huh. through. Um, Don Mattingly had a good, good quote the other day, just talking about you know, it's the game's turning into a showcase where you can go over four. And if your exit velo was a certain yeah. number, you know, yeah. I mean, you're getting patted on the back and say, way to hit yeah. the ball hard. And th- there's some truth to that. You know, I mean, as a pitcher, if you break three bats and give up a run, you, you got to know how to evaluate yourself uh, aside from your results. Yeah. But when you watch the games, you know, I, I see games and I see a guy come up, runner on second, tie game, and he's trying to hit a two run homer. You know, you don't see guys trying to flip balls the other way. Freddie's a guy that I've seen continue to do it through everything, and, and that's why he's continued to hit. But, I mean, it, it is shocking to see, you know, when I'm making the statement about pitchers are throwing harder than ever and it's harder than hit to hit than ever, that the guys throwing the no-hitters are lefties throwing 90 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, that kind yeah. of that kind of defeats that argument. And and that's the argument I see a lot is – is people online saying, you know, they'll, they'll do quotes and maybe like a SpongeBob gif of something looking stupid and say, just shorten up and hit the ball the other way. And they'll show a pitcher throwing 99 with four feet of sink, but that's not who's right. throwing the no hitter. You know, I mean, the, right. the no hitter was Bumgarner lefty throwing 90, Miley throwing yep. 90, and uh, Means throwing 90 with a good changeup and breaking ball. So kind of kills that argument. I think it's definitely a flaw in the approach combined with the defense. I mean, with that launch angle swing, the guys that are just locked into that, obsessed with that. If a pitcher knows how to exploit that and has the location to exploit that, throws you hard inside, you can't really do much with that launch angle swing, can you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's high I, and in. I don't in like the calling strike it, zone, though. I don't like calling it a, a launch angle swing because a, lo- a launch angle Up, uppercut swing, I should say. Guys are trying to hit the ball in the air, you know, and yeah. and, and I think though that that's their that's their. It's kind of a cat and mouse between if you're going to position your fielders perfectly, right. they they feel like their best odd to, to get a hit is to hit it over the defense. You can't defend yeah. a homer, you know. Yeah, and I and I understand it'd be extremely frustrating if you're a hitter line and hitting line drives up the middle and like Freddie, yeah, you got some MIT grad, you know, crunching all the numbers. He knows exactly where you're most likely to hit it, and and you yeah. keep getting out on those balls. So I think a lot of guys have just adopted that mindset that hitting the ball hard in the air is your best chance to get a hit, but you're also going to see a lot of games like we're seeing. And then the ball, you know, if the ball has more traction when it's spinning through, it's going to break harder. So I don't think they're adjusting to the breaking stuff combined with the ball's not going as far because when it has bigger seams, you know, it's going to hang up in there and it's not going to travel as far. So it's harder to hit a home run now. Which is what makes Ronald Acuna's season even more impressive. Yeah. He's, he's bucking all the trends. His strikeout rate is down. He hits the ball harder than almost anybody in baseball. You know, he weighs 20, 30 pounds less than most of the power hitters that big, they put up his kind of numbers. I mean, he's just a freak, man. This guy is so special. I hope people realize how special he is. It's, because we're not see, likely to see the, the likes of him again. No, and that's, I mean, a if long you want time. Segue into why he keeps getting hit because yeah. there's there's nowhere to go. There's like the guy that hit him the other day threw him a slider on the black, right? A good pitch the last time he faced him. Coonrad, I think. Coonrod, Coonrod. Yeah. He threw him a slider on the black in their last matchup, 
and Acuna hit it out to dead center. And Acuna's hit balls. If you've watched, he's hit balls this far off the plate. You know, I mean, uh, two inches off the plate away, and he's hitting them out. So you you have to pitch him in. And why he covers away so well is because he dives and covers it. So it's like there's just nowhere to go against the guy. I I saw somebody put up Chipper's uh, all-time hit hit by pitches and compared them how Acuna's already got more and everything. I'm like, that's apples and oranges. Look where Chipper stood. He's a switch hitter, and look where he stood from the plate. So why are you even comparing him? You know, well, look where Acuna stands with that elbow guard yeah. on. That's why Acuna has the elbow guard. He's not going to change his approach. He's going to get in there because that's what he does. Yeah. And if you don't pitch him inside, like You're you hopeless. said, <laughs> he covers the whole plate. He can hit the ball out to any part of any ballpark in the in the world, you know. If you're not pitching him inside, you kind of try to get him off the plate and keep him from diving. You're, you're, yeah. Every single pitcher's meeting is we have to make this guy conscious of the inside fastball, and you know that's going to be your approach is to throw him in. And you know he doesn't do himself favors because he shows his frustration. If the ball's even a quarter inch in off the plate, he's glaring out at the pitcher. Right. Um, so he shows that that affects him, and they're going to keep doing that as long as he's doing that. But regardless, even if he doesn't, they're coming in. Because you have to open up that outside corner. Because if you pitch right. him away, I mean, he gets extended; it's gone. So it's I don't. There's no solution on the Braves' part or even on his part because that's just his hitting style. Other than like they did yesterday, and they just smoked Real Muto in the first inning. You know, if right. you hit our guy, we hit yours, and and right. that can kind of go around the clubhouse. Like, look, we got to pitch this guy in, but if you hit him, they're going to hit us. So be careful. Right. In even there. even though the Braves knew that Coonrod wasn't throwing at him, Doesn't trying matter. to hit him, yeah. That's why they understood the next day we got to send a message, but we don't, you don't retaliate that day. You don't come, and that's why nobody came pouring out on the field when he got hit like that time when the, the Marlins got hit him. That was obvious. That yeah. was Urania. Urania was throwing at him, and it was obvious because they were pissed off because he had let off like three straight games with home <laughs> yeah. runs. And he just threw at him on the first pitch of the game, the hardest pitch Urania had ever thrown. Yeah. If I remember correctly, there's a difference, and people don't, I understand fans get upset about it because he's their guy this is your superstar and you could end his season at any time almost did but players know the difference and that's yeah. why they came pouring out on the field and yelling from the dugout when he got hit that time and not this time and that's why snit ran on the field and tried to fight the opposing pitcher you know that time but not this time because they know they're not throwing at it you can get upset but you got to be rational about it and go in that situation they're not trying to put a cunha on kid him with run. a pitch and bring fred freddie freeman up no, the fastest guy on the team. You're not putting yeah, him on first on It made purpose. no sense. Um, I mean, they're you trying to have, win the game now. They're not trying to no. uh, hurt Acuna more than they're trying to win a game. Yeah, and you know, people want to spin it into Snit not supporting him or not having his back, but total bullshit. That's Loves bullshit. the guy. Loves uh, the kid. He's his best player. <laughs> he cries <laughs> talking about him sometimes. He loves he's him. His, he's his best player, and yeah. There's just a time and a place to retaliate, you know, and, and they think did it about yesterday. Well, then just think about what that win meant to the team. Think about what that, 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 that could be a turning point in the whole season. And if you lose that game, throwing at guys trying to prove a point, right. You know, then they right. win the next day and, and now they might be rolling versus. So there's just a time and a place to do it. And they picked the perfect time. Real Muto understand. I mean, that whole thing went down perfectly. He wore one. He jogged the first. Yep. Nothing happened. It's over. The umpire did not give warnings because nope. the umpire was good. He wasn't yeah. some young guy that's trying to be take over the game and immediately gave warnings to each bench, which screwed yeah. up the whole game. Yeah, and if it's a reliever that comes in, say Matzik or or even Will Smith comes in and drills somebody that night and gets suspended, then you lose your closer or your setup, man. Right. You know, it's just a time and a place. And 
I understand people's frustrations because he gets hit all the time, but there's, he's going to keep getting hit. And the one thing he can do is just be better about getting out of the way or turning his shoulder and turning Turning, his back. Turning his shoulder inward. That's what Freddie McGriff showed me that Freddie Freeman used to not do. And Freddie used to always, remember Freddie used to always get hit in the hands and the wrists. He had some bad injuries, two of them. One that they had one that had he missed half a season for when he was off to an MVP start. He missed mm-hmm. like two months with, but Freddie used to not move. It. He'd do the same thing, go like that, you know, instead of going like this. Yeah. And Fred McGriff said Freddie needs to learn. It's hard to do because instincts take over. And you're just trying to get out of the way. But he said if you just learn to duck your shoulder, then you're going to get it in the shoulder or the back, but not in the off. face, yeah. not in the face and the hands and wrists. Yeah, I mean. I know it's a lot, a lot harder to do than 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 we're talking about, but yeah, and it happens fast. And Freddie hasn't been hitting the hands and wrists as much anymore either. Yeah, and, and there are times he does it, but yeah, it happens so fast. The guy's still in ninety nine, or the other day was ninety seven. But just one other thing on launching, I heard somebody pointed out today. I think it was the MLB Network on how Hader has the perfect fastball oh, yeah. for this thing because he's too. coming from down under and it's going up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's coming from the side or the under. Upward, upward 99 heat and a guy swinging uppercut. So it's Can't like the intersection it. is so minimal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he's given up like two hits on his fastball all year. Yeah. And his fastball, I, I, you know, I don't have any numbers to confirm this, but I'm a big believer that, that the ball is changing the ride on the fastball. If you look at Kimbrell, that's what he lives off is that ride, that low arm yep. slot, pitching up in the zone and throwing his breaking ball after off of it. And he's having yeah. a huge comeback year. You know, guys guys that have that naturally just got it enhanced by the ball. Yeah, he has, you can't argue with the results because he's yeah. doing it after two pretty bad years. Kimber looks like almost like the old guy now. Yeah, and it's that's how stupid baseball is, man. Just one little detail can change, and all of a sudden, your light's out again. Um, the other thing I want to ask uh, – talk about was Acuna and the people that are talking about how, you know, every time like Pache right now is looks overmatched at the plate. I mean, he just, he, he looks almost hopeless at the plate. Um, he can bunt, but like right now that's his only hit tool was the bunt and, and, and drawing walks. Um, but people say, can you move Acuna to center and move Riley to right or bring Arcia up, put Arcia in, uh, in at third and Riley and right and Acuna and center. There's a reason why we've talked about Acuna. You look at the season Acuna's having in right field, not having to play center. Mm-hmm. People underestimate the toll that center field takes, both on the legs, because he's stealing again. He's up to like 28 steals on pace now for 28 steals, like 47 homers. The legs in a game, but also the injury toll. You're so much more susceptible to hamstring, quad, all these injuries when you're running and covering and and uh, backing up the left fielder and the right fielder. You're going back and forth and banging against walls and diving. I mean, and to that end, we've talked about it, but there was a fascinating MLB Network put up a uh, – did a chart today. I think it was their preseason top 10 center fielders before the season. They listed their top 10 center fielders, nine of them, Nine have been on, are either on the injured list right now, or have already been on the injured list, or missed at least seven games. Uh, and Laureano was out uh, Sunday; he might be out a little longer. Nine of the ten, the only one that has not missed time right so, so far, Trout. And with him, it's almost always a matter Superhuman. of time before he, <laughs> yeah. But he always has something. Now. He always has something. Either gets hit or bangs in a wall. But that's crazy, man. 
I mean, and you're talking about some great players too, especially like Springer had the quad thing was on the IL. Bellinger was a tibia. Uh, Byron Buxton, who you could argue has been as best good a player as anybody in the majors this year. You see him going. I mean, he can. That's fly. his rap. He can't stay healthy. You see him going gap to gap and diving, and he can fly. So that as long as he's in center field, that guy's not going to be able to stay healthy for a whole year playing the way he does, banging against walls, jumping up, stealing home runs. And yeah, you love it when he stays healthy, but man, he'd be better off in one of the corners with that bat he's yeah. got now because he wasn't hitting before, but he is raking now. Well, I but think anyway, that's the you thing you want to avoid with the Braves too is you don't want Acuna to turn into no. Andrew Jones. You know, I no. mean, people still talk about Andrew Jones and all the ground he covered, but you look at the second half of his career once he once that right. once that toll caught up with his legs, man, he just wasn't the same guy. Look at Michael Bourne after he left the Braves; he barely played. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many more plays backing up. You got to back up ground balls to second base, shortstop, fly balls to left, fly balls to right. You're involved in more balls that you're chasing. When you're in right field, it's just a default rest for your legs. You know, I mean, yeah. the last thing you want to see is Acuna burn out. Yeah. Or or be have a bunch of mileage and injuries catch up with him in his 30s, you know, when he's got a chance to right. put up some ridiculous numbers, you know, Hall of yeah. Fame stuff. Yeah. And his arm, uh, and his arm plays so well in right field too. I mean, he yeah. just he just shuts down those guys going first to third. If they don't know by now, then he throws them out and they learn they learn quick. Yeah. I mean, he's got a cannon in right field. Um, but yeah, that's why they don't want to do it. They love what he's what he's able to do and how he's able to stay healthy with the legs and all that, uh, playing right field and and uh so I would not I would look uh, even Pache keeps struggling. I think once uh, Guillermo Heredia is healthy again, you'll see him out there. And also, Ender Enciarte is starting to hit at uh, AAA. People forget. I know we all we all bash on Ender because he's been pretty bad the last couple of years, but he's been hitting, getting a hit or two a game up in uh, Gwinnett. So, and he was hitting right before he got hurt. He was actually yeah. playing well right yeah. before he got hurt. Had a couple doubles. You know, got hurt going first to third. He just can't stay healthy, quads and hamstrings and back, you know. Well, but uh, there's your point right there. Yeah, look yeah. how long it took for him. He he was he was having he was off to a pretty pretty solid start for a career for five or seven years. Yep. Now he can't stay healthy. He hasn't done anything the last three years, two yep. years. Um, so yeah, there, I mean there are exceptions. Obviously, people point to the Willie Mays and stuff, but I mean, you know, games changed, guys have changed, athletes have changed, but. It's uh, there's a lot more that uh, that get hurt, and, and and there's a reason why they end up in right field, even most of the ones that start out in center, but are right field or left field. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
Pache looks overmatched. Contreras is hitting, but behind the plate, we're seeing why the benefit of having a veteran back there, you know? I mean, Contreras had, you know, he made up for it the other day because he had two errors in the late innings. He had yeah. interference and, had, and that, that drop ball, but he, uh, and then he had the bases clearing double, which made amends for all the other stuff, but yeah. You know, he's he's made some mistakes back there. And he's also one of these young one of the guys that's going to the one knee. And I don't think he's perfected that yet. So some balls are getting away from him. But you know, you live with it until until you got other options. But um you could tell the difference, you know. Yeah. Well, I I, I did see uh Rio Mudo talking about how much it saves his legs going on one knee. You know, I mean, I I really hadn't considered that because I'm just watching the game. You know, I'm watching yeah. I'm watching balls that should be blocked and they can't get to them, and yeah. people are really harping on that. I don't like it because I feel like you can have all the numbers that back up how many more strikes you get out of it, you know, or not. But when you have a pass ball cost you the game, like that right there for me is like you can't do it, you know. But is he saying that he can catch more because of that? Then. He says he just feels, you know, saving yeah. his legs. He feels better. It makes a just a drastic difference in how his body feels by not not yeah. squatting the whole game. So maybe he can catch six out of seven games instead of four out of five or whatever. Which would have been, you know, for a player like BMAC that was that yeah. was getting that was riding hard. You know, I mean he was playing every day anyway. He was he was yeah. playing I mean, he'd barely take day games off. You know, a guy like that, I mean, it can make a difference in his whole career. So I mean that's an argument for it that that I haven't thought about, but when you watch the games and they can't get to balls, they need to block with the game on the line, man. I mean, it's almost like I wish, you know, if there's runners on or something going on, maybe switch yeah. to two and, and make sure you keep that ball in front of you. It's funny. You saw 38-year-old Matheson there that he didn't do it because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to change at this point of his no, career. <laughs> no. And that's his. That's his, That's where his value's at. Yeah. Let's get into what happened this weekend for the Braves. Got right. uh, You played the dog of a game Friday night in front of the biggest crowd of the year in MLB because it was the first game with 100% capacity. The Braves are the first team to do that other than Rangers, who are horseshit teams, so nobody's going to their games. But Braves get 39,000 for the first game and played horrible. I mean, that first inning was six runs. As Snit said, it was felt like the last time we played in front of a packed house series, referring to game five of the 2019 division series against Cardinals when they gave up 10 runs on Fulte and Freed in the first inning. So, but it had that feel to it, man. I was there and it just felt, I was there for both, but it just felt dead. It was like, I felt bad for the Braves because the place was packed. People wanted so bad to cheer. Yeah. And before, before they could even find their seats, practically it was over, but they came back from that to play their best game in, of the year so far. Best game of the year. Yeah. And come back from multi-run deficits three times. I mean, it was riveting to see Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval, come up with two out in the ninth, down 3-1. We've already seen him do it three times. You're going, there's no way the guy can do it again. There's no way. Boom. Full count. Fastball. Adrianza, Ahira Adrianza told, uh, yeah, he was on first base. He told Eric Young, if he throws him another fastball, he's going to hit it out. 3-2, he hits it out. The place went bananas. He ties it up, sends it to extra innings. And then in extra innings, they have one of those horrible innings in extra innings where teams like, like the Dodgers had one against the Car uh, Padres, like in the 12th or 13th, where they end up getting beat by six runs because they just yeah. fell apart. And Brace, it fell apart on Webb, and they go down by three in the 12th. Anybody that had stuck around in the ninth when they were down two, because quite a few people left then, but anybody that stuck around left, or, or, or not anybody, but a lot of people left after the top of the 12th. Yeah. They're down three runs. 
Those people going after their cars, if they got in their cars and turned it on, the Braves come back in the 12th inning and win a game with a four-run inning. Three runs driven in by... <laughs> three runs driven in by uh, Contreras, uh, Contreras yeah. on the double. When when uh, Dansby's just blowing around. I mean, he's a great base runner, man. He is. Dansby is. And Wash is bringing him in all the way. And, and Kutch out in left field bobbles it for a minute and drops it. Scores a tie and run. And then Adrianza flares a right, little single to right field, wins it. I mean... It was nuts, but that's one of those games where you remember you're like, like we said, this was like what they used, to, what they'd done in the three previous years with Snit as manager. Well, you just think about coming back two times and then giving it away with a web through yeah. a ball away to the plate. Contreras couldn't pick the bun up. It felt like another one of those tough losses that they've been taking, where they just can't they can't win those those extra inning games. Which I mean, I'm still torn whether I like that extra inning rule because it's providing some serious drama quick. Yeah, you know, you're does. not you're not sitting through three like or four it. innings of zeros and guys trying to hit a solo shot. Every inning's exciting, so I don't like it, but I do like it. But I mean, that was that, that game was would have never been possible without that run that rule that uh, kicked rule. it all off every inning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, that that could have been another loss that kind of demonstrated why they're different this year. Yeah. And instead, they come back and win it, and you're like, this is the same team. You know, it, it felt like them again. How about Webb? I mean, you would have been crushed. He mm-hmm. he makes a, 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 he, he he compounded the play by not covering yeah. home plate, which is totally inexcusable, man. Mm-mm. I mean, they get another run on that. And they still, he's still the winning pitcher. Yeah, nice dub. <laughs> That's a dumb rule in baseball, by the way. That that should be left to the scorekeeper's discretion. You know, two to award they'll win to in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't I, give it to anybody else really. There. Yeah, team win. Don't give no it to win. anybody. <laughs> Don't give it to you anybody. Gave it a three spot. Good Blank. lord. But yeah, and as bad as it, as good as it was for the Braves, can you imagine the Phillies? That's the kind of loss that you could be like, wow, how did we lose that game? So then they come back the next day. Flat. And they, you know, and they got Nola on the mound, their ace, but they're facing Enola. Yep. And yeah, and it worked out great for the Braves having that game because they played like five hours that night and they got out of there after midnight. You know, players probably left at one and they had a night game the next day, which players usually hate. They usually hate that Sunday night getaway day game. If you're a visit team or if you're a home team, you 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 know you you uh you don't get that night at home and all that, but everybody loved it. And then Snit made it a show and go. So oh, on did. top of being yeah, so they didn't even have to get there until five o'clock or whatever. You'd be surprised how many many like how many managers think that that one extra day of BP ground balls or whatever you do, you know, the right. the best managers know when to hit the show and go button. And that was a perfect time after after that one. And then you you don't start till eight o'clock the next night. You can really let your players just rest and and kind of recover. But some managers will have you out there at two o'clock yeah. doing early work, and players want to kill them. That's what Freddie said. Is they got the big boost, uh, signing Green, and they got a bigger boost from uh, from from uh, Snit making it show, show and go. go. Oh, it's everybody a party was jacked every up when it, they got their late. And it was Mother's Day, so they got to spend the yeah. whole day with their wives and everybody. Yeah. You know. That's some good so, feel on Snit's part. Yeah. yeah. You see show and go up there, man. You just start celebrating when you're players because you're still going to do your work and be ready. But it's kind of like you're on your own program. You get some extra sleep. It's yeah. such a good feeling when they throw that up there at the right time. 
oh man, you could do so much more at home and, and sleep in and all that. Take the wife yeah. to lunch. Yeah. Uh, so they had 79,000 for those first two nights, Friday, Saturday. They had another big crowd last night, not as big because it was holiday Sunday night crowd, but it was still big. Freddie Freeman homered in both games, and we've talked so much about Freddie slump, worst slump of his career, really. It was an 0 for 25. He broke the other snap the other day. and uh, He homered in both games and was hitting the ball, driving the ball the other way. I mean, he looked a whole lot more like Freddie and looked a lot more relieved. I saw him smile more last night than I've seen him smile in two weeks. Uh, so all these things, on top of signing Shane Green yesterday in the afternoon, Big day for the Braves. This could be that that Sunday could be a big t- that weekend, a big turnaround for them. I think they're back at five hundred now. Yeah. They haven't been able to get through five hundred once they've got there. Now they get the Blue Jays again after getting swept by the Blue Jays down in Dunedin. So it's all kind of a perfect storm here. They got a day off, looked ahead to the Blue Jays, a chance to get some payback, and a chance to get a couple of games over five hundred. Yeah, watching Freddie hit a ball down and in out to left center. Yeah, for me, that's when you know his swings locked back in. Uh, he had a good, he had a good his first at bat hitting that line drive over shortstop. But that's that homer he hit, fastball down and in, man. It's that's the perfect and prototypical, you know, like Freddie Freeman swing swing right there. I mean, I uh-huh. couldn't, you couldn't draw it up any better for what you see when he is locked in and that swing right there. So I hope he just rides that wave and like we said, you know, he he can whenever he busts out of it, he's gonna be he'll go on a tear, and I think he's just about ready. Braves had so many left-handers and not enough right-handers to start the season in the bullpen. And then they lose their best one, Chris Martin, on the first weekend of the year. He's been out for over a month now. Yeah, He's close to returning now. He's had two rehab appearances at Gwinnett. He could even be activated for tomorrow's game. They were still talking about that yesterday. They haven't announced anything yet today. Uh, but they optioned a couple of right-handers today uh, with Victor Aronado and uh, – uh, uh, Jaceele De La Cruz, they optioned both of them down. So that tells me that maybe they're bringing up Chris Martin. Uh, they activated Camargo or, or brought him, recalled him from AAA. He's been raking down there, by the way. So is Orlando Arcia, the guy they got from the Brewers. He had three homers, three solo shots yeah. in one game. First guy to do that. First guy to hit three homers since uh, Austin Riley did it down there. But uh, it tells me that either Chris Martin's being activated and or uh, or they're activate or they're bringing up somebody to start that game Tuesday. They haven't announced a starter for Tuesday for the series opener against the Jays because they pushed Freed back to Wednesday and uh, and uh, Charlie to Thursday. And everybody's like, "Why is Freed hurt? Why give him an extra day?" I, they're not going to say why, but I think it's to so so uh, Smiley doesn't have to face Blue Jays again. That was a disaster. And he came back with a really good start in that next game with Mathis catching him last week. And I think they want him to build off that and not face the Blue Jays. Whether he was tipping or they just haven't figured out or there's just terrible matchups. But that was a horrible game he pitched against the Jays. And I think they wanted to avoid that. That's one of the hardest things as a starting pitcher is seeing a team so close together. You know, I mean, it's it's hard pitching in your division. You play the, call it the Phillies or somebody, five times in the first six weeks. Yeah. And you, you wind up starting in all those series. You know, you see it get more and more difficult for the starting pitchers. So if, if Smiley had a really bad start against them and he just had one to build on, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with kind of sheltering him from that a little bit. And that's a hell of a right-handed lineup they have too. Yeah. The Jays. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So signing Shane Green, we've talked about this. I mean, obviously, th- th- when they ended up signing him for one year, $1.5 million, and it's prorated, so he ends up getting about one 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 two, depending on when he comes up. I think it'll be soon. He's going to come up as soon as, as he shows at AAA that he's ready. I mean, if he looks good in his first couple of appearances, he'll be here, you know? Maybe if he looks good in his first appearance, he'll be here. Yeah. But the fact that he signed for that, I laughed because on Twitter, the immediate result, you know, the people that are, that question everything Alex does or everything the Braves do, the immediate reaction from some was, this is a rounding error. Why couldn't they have just signed him for that? Like, he no, no, taken no, no, it. exactly. You're looking at it from the wrong perspective. You're looking at it as the Braves finally caved and gave him what he wanted. No, no, they didn't. He finally no, caved and said, he I'm finally sick of the caved couch. and said, I'm not sitting out a year. Yeah. Because if that was his asking price, that would have been 20 teams lined up to sign him for 1.5 million. He would have signed day one of the offseason if he just posted that online and said, I'll sign exactly. for 1.5. He would have had 30, 30 physicals the next day. Because even at the going rate, because all the relievers were signing for a lot less just about than what we thought and all taking one-year deals, even at that market, he would have still got more than $1.5 million. I'm sure. You know, I mean, he's probably kicking himself, but I'm guessing, you know, what did he do? He had a two two six last year. Yeah, and he had like 24 appearances in a 60-game season. He was solid. Yeah. And then in the playoffs, he had four more. And the really year before, strong. he had 65 games with a 2-3. Yeah. First shot of free agency, he's going to be 32. You're thinking you're getting at least a two-year deal, you know, maybe two years, ten. Maybe I'm thinking he asked three and yeah. probably about twenty million. That's what. That's just my guessing, my speculating. Yeah. But I'm thinking it was outrageous because you never even heard teams involved in like trying to get it down a little bit to something, you know, because it had to have been he had to have asked for a ton, and his agents just said, "No, we're not going to say." Because there were no teams linked. There was the Twins and the Braves were interested, but it was never serious. Oh, I tell you what, he wasn't asking one year three. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's what he would have been signed right away for that. I think he would have been signed for one year if even, yeah, five, you know, yeah, yeah. somebody, somebody would have got that early on at the end. The guys were signing for so little because it was just so late. But anyway, they got him and they got him, uh, you know, barely one fifth of the, just over one fifth of the way in the season. So, you know, closing on one fourth now, but that's pretty good. They didn't have to wait. People were going, how are they going to improve this team? Because unless you signed him, it didn't look like you were going to be able to trade for anybody until at least another month before teams wave a white flag and make good relievers available. If they gave him four times that too, you know, if they gave him one year five, it's still. Would have been a good, great (laughs) contract. Yeah. Nobody, I wouldn't have had any problem with that from a GM standpoint. So getting him for 1.5, I mean, that's, it's almost for free. And contract year again. I mean, you yeah. know he's going to be – not that he wasn't motivated before, but now he's really got to show. He's got to look at what he got on the op- the offers he got last year. It's going to be a year older. He's got to be motivated to make this three-quarter – this four-fifths of three-quarters of a season as really strong. Well, he just spent six months getting told how lucky he was or, or what his flaws were, you know, why right. this team's out on him, what, what they don't like about him. That happened to me the first time I went to arbitration. I heard I couldn't get righties out. And, you know, yeah. and it, it – the next year I had my best season ever because it puts a chip on your shoulder. So, I mean, you, you got a motivated guy going out there playing for probably a quarter or a tenth of what he thinks he's worth. Yeah. You know, that's that's a good scenario for the team. And, you know, you, and you also, if you're him, and it was 28 appearances by, last year, by the way, not 24. So he pitched in almost half their games, yeah. you know? And he dealt. Uh, he was good. It was good, man. He had a 260 ERA, a 1.120 whip. Uh then he had a 193 ERA and a 0857 whip in his four postseason appearances. So um 
And this is a guy, remember, he made six two five million last year. Yeah. $4 million the year before when he was an all-star closer with Detroit before they traded him. So if you're him, you're looking at a contract like like Will Smith's three-year $40 million, Yeah. And you're going, okay. Maybe that's me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. Yeah, the, the game's just really changed in, in the risk that teams want to take with aging baseball players. And it's it's hard to grasp when you're like, I haven't struggled at all yet. You know, I mean, he's he's on a roll right now. He's had a few good years in a row, and, and he's he's not old. He's 31, 32, but this was teams, his first chance to get a big contract, he thought. Yeah. I mean, he probably thought maybe four years. Maybe I get this deal that takes me through the end of my career, and all of a sudden, now you're signing for 1.5. You know, I mean, and, it's just and, it's hard to predict this market. And like you said, the game's changing with the younger. They want to go younger and younger with the arms especially, but – it was a perfect shitstorm because for a free agent reliever to hit the market because of the revenues last year, you can't mm-hmm. just ignore that. Teams like the Braves are $25 million below last year's budget. All of yep. a sudden, they couldn't even sign O'Day and Melanson signs with the Padres for three. Yep. Two million guaranteed. There are three million guaranteed, two million this year. You tell me the Braves, I mean, before with $150 million payroll, they could have given, they could have at least offered Melanson six, seven million, you know? Yep. And he's Green's the exact guy we were saying was going to get hurt. It's not the superstars. The superstars are going to get the yes. contracts. They're going to get yes. paid. It's the guys that are just journey they're not, not closer. He's not a journeyman, not. but the guys that have been around the game a long time. But they're not going to they're not going to take you over the top. He's an important yeah. piece, and those are the guys that were going to get screwed, and they did. I guarantee. You, I know one guy was happy he signed a two year deal the year before. Chris Martin. Yeah. Yeah. He got two years, 14, I think it was. Imagine what, I mean, he wouldn't have got anywhere, nothing like that, as and good as it, he was. Well, you got to you gotta wonder what Green's agent was thinking, too. You know, if, if he saw that landscape, if he saw it playing out this way or still thought, you know. I, I mean, I think if you're him in his shoes, you're thinking, worst case scenario, I get two years, 10. Somebody's going to give me two years, 10. And there's no telling if, if even that ever came on the table or if he turned that down early and then teams moved on, but... Yeah, Martin was two years, 14. Yeah. So you got to think, uh, I mean, it's only natural that a guy like uh, like Green is going to look at his, his teammates. He's going to look at Martin's two-year, $14 million deal. He's going to look at Will Smith's three-year, $40 million deal. He's going to look at his age. He's going to look at his durability. And he's going to say, well, I'm somewhere between those I would think is me. Yep. <laughs> And look what he ends up getting. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. But like you said, late in spring training, at some point you got to suck it up and go, oh, look, I'm not going to get what I thought I was going to get. I got to sign with somebody and reestablish my value because it's not going to pay. You're not doing yourself any favor but being stubborn. You're not Craig Kimbrell who's going to sign with – that have teams falling all over themselves to sign you in June. Yeah. Or or Dallas Keuchel who had – you know, the Braves won a bidding war for him at the round in uh, June. You're not yeah. like that. Well, and at some point you just tell your agent, like, look, man, I got to pitch. Or, or if I don't pitch this yeah. year, I'm not getting anything next year. You know, I mean, it, that's tough for him, man. Uh, I'm wondering what he turned down and, and what was available to him at even spring training. Yeah, I training, hope it comes but, out, but I hope we find out. I, I don't know if we will. I, I think the place we could find out is another one of the teams that was interested in him that has yeah. nothing to lose by getting by saying, look, he was at, you know, with that. Because the silence not going to come from his agent. It's no, he's not, not going to say we turned down two years, 12 in right. you know, late December. And the Braves are too classy. They're guys even off the record to say what he was asking for. They're just not, mm-hmm. that's not what they like. So that, it'll be interesting, though. The one thing but, you know, it was more than 1.5 for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people can should relax. And I saw some from somebody 
who knows a lot about finances who should have known better than to say, you know, to to make it sound like the Braves could have got this guy for that. Come on, yeah, man. We could have had him in April. He was sitting there Come in April. On. He was watching the team struggle in April thinking he was finally going to get what he wanted, you know? Yeah. I'm with you, though. I think he, he looked at it and said, because can you imagine coming off a year if you didn't pitch at all, and then last year was only 60-game season, and you're 33 next year? You've only made 28 appearances in two years? Yeah. yeah. Now you're signing yeah, the minor league deal. I, I felt like gotta, that my first year going into free agency, I had well, I had my first bad season, and I thought, you know what? Someone's going to give me a major league deal. I waited, man. I threw a showcase. Nobody cared. I did all the stuff I was supposed to do, and it was minor league deal from day one. You know, and and probably five years prior to that, if you'd had one bad year, somebody would take a chance and give you that major league deal. But yeah, I wound up having to sign a minor league deal with the Pirates in early February. That yeah, you know, I mean, it kind of shocked me. But the 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 free agency is just not what it used to be, and that's why they're trying to change it. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of players have said, yeah, I was so looking forward to becoming a free agent. You know, years ago, they looked ahead to it. Now that they've done it, they're like, I don't ever want to do it again. It's horrible <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hear from my agent for a month. So I just sent him a text like, what's going on? He'd just be like, crickets, buddy. <laughs> Nobody's and, even called. You got nothing. And, and then the Braves came in at, in spring training after you made that one really good appearance against them in the, the spring. one good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Freddie said about uh, – I asked Freddie last night after the game about Green resign, and he said, it's big. Just a veteran guy that's been there and done it before. He's been with us the last couple of years. We love him in the clubhouse. Good guy. You know you can give him the ball every day. He wants the ball every day. He'll give you some quality outs, so we're looking forward to getting him in there as quick as we can. And uh, Snit said he was really looking forward to getting him. He said one, one of those guys that wants the ball every day. And, and he offered last year when they were having all the starting pitching woes – Green went into Freddie's office and goes, if you need somebody to start, I'll do it. So he's the kind of guy that'll do any role. You know, he's yeah, been he's an all-star closer. Too. Yeah. Freddie loves the guys like that. And and our, our, our Snit loves those guys like that. Snit also made a good point yesterday. He was talking about – somebody asked him about Tomlin, how big that was for Tomlin Friday night to eat those four and a third innings, oh, one huge. run, ball. And Snit was raving about him that night. Said it was unbelievable what he's done. He saved our asses so many times. But then somebody asked again yesterday. He goes, let's talk about this guy again. I want to po- point something out. Saturday night when Acuna got hit, they needed a pinch runner. And they'd already used somebody. Uh, so they called down to the bullpen. Before they could even like hang up the phone, Tomlin is running. And he pitched four and a third of the night before. Yep. He's running out the bullpen door. Full uniform, cleats on. Snit said, you don't know how many guys would have been out there after pitching four and a third the night before. They know they're not going to pitch. They'd have been out there in a hoodie, pullover, tennis shoes, turf shoes, but not – he comes running out in his cleats. Yep. He said he came in, grabbed a batting helmet, and he was at first base. They didn't even have to, like, slow – delay the game. I mean, it's like it was almost like they got a pinch runner off the bench. Yeah. But that's the guy. He's another example. He's another example of why everybody's like wondering what they're so obsessed with Tomlin. But that's just another example. This is the ultimate team guy, man. Yeah, and just being having no ego and being willing to go out there. And if he gave up a seven spot, he still would have gone four innings. You know, he was yeah. just he's totally cool being the wear it guy. He's got a ton of time in the game and and just wants to help the team any way he can. I mean, it's it's impossible to explain what that does for the bullpen too, to know when your starter gives up six in the first. 
that you don't have to start stretching. We got a wear yeah. it guy, and yeah. you could pretty much count on him to get through three, four innings, and you don't have to stress. And and it saved the, all the guys to pitch those important innings the next two days that could have been down or beat up. And Snit said, and you know what? If I'd have, if I'd have called down there and asked him to, to pitch an inning the next day, he would have been out there. He would have been out there warming up, ready to go. He wouldn't have said yep. a word other than yep. let's go. Yep. So, um. Another guy we've uh, that they could get back soon because this bullpen could go from being pretty bad or you know the highest ER one of the highest ERAs to pretty solid in a hurry if they get Green soon. Chris Martin comes back and Sean Newcomb, man, people forget yep. how well he was pitching before he went on the IL with the COVID IL for a couple of weeks. Came back and got roughed up two outings, got sent down to kind of get back to form he was in. Well, he's had two outings down there. He struck out five of the six batters he's facing two innings. Yeah. So you had those. Three guys to what you got now could be a lot better in a hurry with that depth that'll allow you to move the guys, the Luke Jacksons and others into the roles that they're more perfectly suited for. And Jackson's throwing the ball. Well, you yeah. know, he, he's really dealing. I know fans hate him and love to love when he love when he comes in to just think he's going to fail, but he's been pretty damn good this year. Um, yeah. you're, you're getting pretty Matt's close. Yeah. If you get all these guys back, you're getting pretty close to the pen you had last year. Yeah, you're you're being solid. You don't have the equivalent maybe of Melanson, Mm-mm. but uh, yeah, you don't have that. But you got you got the other stuff, you know. And if Will Smith, so far he's converted every save opportunity. Yep. I mean, he's been pretty damn good. So we'll see. Um, what was the oh yeah? You got Noob doing what he's doing down there, and oh the other thing I was going to ask you about. Uh, Oh, and Acuna, by the way, came back. If anybody that missed it was worried that night because he gave everybody a scare. When he left the game, yeah. it was like, uh, well, if he's got a broken finger, he could be out months, at least yeah. weeks. And you, yeah. yeah, but he was back the next day. It was all, as Snip pointed out that night, it was probably a case where his pinky got pinched because if you saw the replay, it looked like the ball hit the end of the bat and his finger at the same time. Yeah. And that can end up hurting as much as a broken bone for that first few minutes afterwards if it pinches yeah. it on that knob. Well, you're scared too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you're scared that it's broken and, and you can't tell the difference in that pain. But what a <laughs> what a breath of fresh air it was when he was OK, because you got when you think about this team losing him. And, oh, you know, shit. Freddie was still struck. Freddie hadn't gotten those next two games in at that point. You're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to envision this team right now without Acuna so far this year or, you know, doing what they've done. I mean, They've gotten, they've stayed at 500 with Freddie doing almost nothing the first half, you know, by Freddie's standards. It's funny because last night he hit a home run and I said to Bowman, I said, it's funny how a guy could be having a bad season for him and have nine homers already, you know? I mean, his OPS is pretty solid still, but it's that's the standards that Freddie has set, you know, where you expect him to hit about 300, 290 at least. You see 197 because that's what he went into that game with. And you're like, man, who is that? That doesn't look like Freddie. But he's still been pretty productive. But anyway, they've done what they've done with him being having a really bad year. They would not be doing what they've done with Acuna having a bad year. He's just so important in the top of the lineup and just what he does. So, guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply yeah i asked freddie about you know back-to-back homer games three not three hits uh he said yeah i feel good i even felt good on friday and i had two balls to the left side i lined out the left and my last last at my last at bat was 105 to uh boom third baseman he had 105 mile an hour on his last at bat so i was feeling good he said i felt good at the beginning of the year i just didn't get any hits and then i wasn't feeling good and then hopefully I'm starting to feel good again. I just felt like there was one big glove out there, he said, on yeah. defense. He said, so maybe that'll reduce to eight small gloves now, and so hopefully I'll get some holes. So, but I feel good, so hopefully I can continue build, going on Tuesday. For Freddie to be joking again, he's like he's getting back to being Freddie now. So, um, Just two, uh, two more things real now. I think Enoa right now, man, if you look for this now, he's got seven starts, and you look at his ERA down two twos, and never mind the hitting, which is ridiculous. He's putting together an all-star resume, man. I mean, yeah. he's four and one with a two, two, three ERA that right now you'd have to say he's one him and Acuna are the all-stars on this team. Yeah. You, the only thing that's gonna stop him is hype. You know, not not being right. well known and doing what he's doing. You know, he's gonna be one of those guys that they're gonna have to put the banners up, vote Vody Noah, you know, all that type of stuff. But that's really the only thing that's gonna stop him from making the all-star team is being unknown. But you know what's helped? The hitting. The hitting, Everybody yeah. knows it because of the grand yeah. slam and the home yeah. runs. Yeah. So otherwise, if he was just doing what he's doing as a hit as a pitcher and, and hitting like a typical pitcher, nobody would know what he's doing hardly. Yeah. But yeah. everybody knows because of what he's doing hitting, or at yeah. least they're paying attention to the hitting. So Doing it on Sunday night baseball should help too. I mean, yeah. he, he he's legit, man. I mean, yeah. there, it's not fluky. He's not giving up lasers and they're Nothing getting caught. Fun. He's punching out tough hitters in big situations, and he's, he's pitching – He's pitching like an ace. And he's 6 for 15 as a hitter, by the way. He had another hit last night. The home run streak ended at two games, but he's got a four-game hitting streak going. <laughs> he's 6 for 15 with six RBIs and a uh, 12.67 OPS. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. Um, and then the other thing was Sandoval. It's impossible to overstate how big he's been and what he's done as a pinch hitter. He's been the best pinch hitter in baseball by far. And think about this. All four of his home runs have been with a runner, at least one runner on base. All four of them either gave the Braves a lead or, or tied the game. That's, that's crazy. And it's the middle of May. Well, that's what's insane about it is he hasn't you, – you have a guy that's doing really well pinch hitting and he comes in in a 9 nothing game and faces other teams' worst reliever, yeah. worst reliever and hits a double in the gap. And he could put up some numbers similar, probably not the home runs like Sandoval regardless, but every single one of those home runs has, has either helped them win a game or gotten them back in it. 
it's crazy. Extra innings or ninth inning or, you know, the late opening day was like the only runs. I mean, he's, he's, uh, yeah, it's just insane that he did it again the other day in that spot. It's like when everybody's expect, everybody's going, can he do it again? Can he do it again? And he did it again. No doubt or two. <laughs> and that's what this guy's done. He's done some things in his career that, you know, that are, you just don't, you, special people do. He's not a Hall yeah. of Famer, but he's had a hell of a, he's done things that only Hall of Famers do. Three home run game in, Austin, in the uh, World Series. You know, Ben's on three World Series champion, was a World Series MVP, uh, won a batting title, right? Yeah, he won a batting title. Yeah. I mean, and this you got to think that, you know, that he's not feeling that pressure in those big situations. You know, like another guy might be right. or a young guy coming up and trying to do too much. He's he's seen it all. So, you know, a, a, a big at bat in May is not going to overwhelm him. Man, the Boston people have to be looking, going, where the hell was that when we signed him for that big contract? <laughs> he went up there and he just, he, he, you know, he just wasn't comfortable or whatever up there. But man, on this team, he from day one, he has been fit like a glove. And that's why he wanted to come back here. He was smart. He told his agent, I want to go back there. He took the minor league deal, came back, had that much confidence in himself, hit 400 with a 910 OPS in spring training, forced his way onto the roster. And even then, when everybody was talking about how the Braves have no power on the bench, and I was one of them. Snit yeah. kind of acknowledged that and said, "You know, he's not a, he's not going to hit a home run, baby, but he's going to give you that he's going to give you that professional bat, and he's got some pop from the left side. So we think he's better off than some of the you know the options that they had. You know, they had some former big league, you know, some recent all stars and all that that didn't make the team got cut, and they went with him, and he didn't hit a home run in spring training." And he said yeah. four already. And like we've already said, every one of them has been huge. So here's a stat that just is, is insane on top of the other ones. With runners on base and two outs this year, he is six for nine with four homers and a 26-67 OPS. The highest OPS of any player in the majors with more than one at bat in those situations. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it too, as he's pinch hitting in front of Acuna a lot. Yes. You know, in that pitcher spot, that's 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 pretty helpful to have a leadoff guy that is more scary than any pinch hitter, even a yeah. power pinch hitter. You know, you, the one thing you don't want to do good is point. face Acuna. You know, you yep. got runners on and two outs. You That's your guy you got to challenge, so it's a good spot for him. You got Acuna and Freeman coming up. Yeah. His, uh, his four pinch hit homers, by the way, have all been against NL East teams. <laughs> He's got He's more awesome. pinch hit homers than any team – Except the Giants and the Braves, who the Braves obviously, who both have five because uh, what Adrian's also hit one for the Braves, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But the Giants, his former team, has five as well. But nobody else has more than two pinch hit homers as a team, and he's got four. Yeah. He has twice as many pinch hit homers as any other individual in the majors, and he's already tied the Atlanta era Braves since they moved here in '66. He's already tied the the franchise record. For single season, four pinch hit homers. Uh, I'd take the over on him getting that. I mean, three other guys did it. Tommy Gregg, nineteen ninety. Evan Gaddis, our boy. Bear, the we need to get Gat on here. We need to get Gat on here to talk about him. He might and, be gone. <laughs> he might be tough to get a hold of. It. He, he might days. not even know who he is. <laughs> no, nah, Gat, Gat knows his history. He'd be on here. He knows his history. He's probably proud that Sandoval's tied him. And and the other guy, Camargo, he did it in twenty nineteen. But it's just stretched over a whole year, so you kind of forget yeah. that it was. But and uh, Snick said, "I'm amazed at what he's done already. I mean, the multi-run homers and just the at bats that this guy puts up 
I don't know that I've ever been on a team and seen somebody do that before. So it's been around a while. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, he's, gonna, he's got a shot at setting the all-time record for pinch hit homers this year. Yeah, it's like seven uh, with the all-time. Yeah, so he might seven. do that by the All-Star break. <laughs> uh, I like Dinoa's quote about him too. And the impact I asked Dinoa the impact he's had on the team. Just period. He said he's had a true impact on the team. You can see it every time he goes out to play. He's extremely focused. He's a very competitive person. So I think that's all something that we take away from him. Just the way he prepares and the way he gives maximum effort every time he goes out to play. <coughs> I love hearing these stories about it because the contradiction, he's on one hand the funniest, most playful guy on the team. I mean, this guy's got an incredible personality. He's hilarious. He really is. And he's this, he's this fat guy that looks like the last guy in the world He's that's an athlete. And he's got the chunky face now as he gets older. He's got, he's, he's got, the, he's got the belly. You know, he's, he walk, kind of walks up to the plate like, what's this guy going to do? Tank. But <laughs> at the same time, he, they say he puts in more preparation than almost anybody on the team as far as getting ready for his at-bats, knowing every pitcher that, might be, that he might be facing, when he might be coming in the game. So it's kind of cool that he's totally adapted to this role that he's in now, you know. And the other stuff doesn't matter, like being no. you know, getting in a weight room and pumping it. He's ready for his at bats, and yeah. he's so far along in his career, he's just a hitter. That's what he does. He's a hitter, but they can also feel comfortable putting him out of playing third if they need to, because uh, he did that last year a couple of times in the playoffs, and and he can still dive and make some plays. <laughs> he's graceful. He can move, yeah. and I think that's an one athlete. of the things. I think that's probably what he struggled with in in Boston was never getting comfortable there. And as soon as he struggled, it was, you know, it's his weight. His weight's yeah. the problem. He's like, I've been built like this since I was 18. You know, and didn't and, he lose he, weight there? I think, think so. They, and then he struggled more. A lot of times if you diet time. poorly to lose weight, you know, you just get all your sugar out of you. You don't have any power, but yeah, that's, that's just, you know, that goes to him being comfortable and wanting to be here and, and having fun and, and being with a group he likes, you know, that supports him. Yeah. I mean, God, you had the talk about the perfect guy on this team with Ozuna and then the kids. I mean, with uh, with yeah. Acuna and Ozzy Albies and all the guys, Dansby, they love it, man. All these Freddie, they they love this guy. So yeah. he's a perfect guy to add to this clubhouse. So, yeah. but nobody could have ever expected him to do even half of what he's done as a pinch hitter. You know? No, and so, if he doesn't get another pinch hit home run all yeah. season, it's a great pinch yeah. hitting year already. <laughs> But it yep. certainly shows no signs of back of letting up. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to watch that. Every time he comes up now, it's must watch. <laughs> yeah. You see him, yeah. you know, when you think there's a pinch hit about you, when the pitcher might be coming out of the game, you're like, oh, they might be bringing in Sandoval to pinch hit. Yeah. It's like an Acuna at bat now. It's like you well, don't want to miss it. thinking that too. If, you know, that's, that's the last guy I'd want to face off the bench. A guy with his experience and power and, and knows what he's doing and, and can have a good quality at bat and he might hurt you, you know. But it's like you said, if he didn't have Acuna coming up behind him, a lot of teams would probably be walking him at this point. But you're not going to walk Sandoval, not yet at least, to bring up Acuna, the major league, national league home run leader. There's nobody you could put in front of Acuna that you're going to choose Acuna over, you know, taking him on. So, I mean, it's a good spot for him. Great spot for him to to set the record. He's in a great team to set the record. Little did he know. (laughs) Or maybe he did know. Maybe Maybe he he did know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk again on uh, on uh, Thursday or Friday after the Braves play the Blue Jays a couple times. Big series coming up. They got a chance to get uh, to put some games between them and 500 and maybe catch first place again. So things are looking up for sure. I know they looked pretty shitty a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, three days ago, four days ago. <laughs> yeah, just don't ride the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, this team has been a roller coaster, but ultimately they're right about where somebody pointed out last year. I think that the, uh, they were uh, – 
17 and 19 to start last year. Yeah, forget all about it once you start rolling. Yep, yep. All right, we'll talk later. 755 is real. We're out. We'll be right back.